0: Due to some technical difficulties, we here at Middle Age Gaming would like to apologize for the audio quality of today's episode. Welcome back once again to an exceptional episode of Middle Age Gaming. Today, our co-op goes multiplayer as Krian and Adam welcome our new member to the team, Antoine. Antoine talks about one of his favorite classic JRPGs, Skies of Arcadia. While Adam gives us his impression of a recent playthrough of Wattam. Then, Creon wraps up the episode with some recent news for our three hosts to discuss. And now, with formalities out of the way, let's get on with the show! Good
1: morning, middle-aged gamers! Sorry for the delay start. You know, this is our first more than two-person stream, so we are not using Zencastr today. Uh, We are using Google Meets, which seemed to be the only thing that could work on short notice. Uh, As you can see, we are also missing Phil, and I am a tiny miniature man in the corner. So, uh, this is just the way it's going to be for today. I mean, as we do, if we do more than one time this stream, God, I can't speak, uh, we will fix it out and do it something more beautifully i've also got to apologize if you're listening to this on the podcast that's because we could not record audio and video at the same time so this is the audio that's been converted from the video so uh here's the plan for today adam's been playing games anton's been playing games i have still been playing only hearthstone so you're not going to hear anything from me today but what we are going to do is we're going to be talking about the games that they have been playing and uh Actually, that's it, actually. So let's get into it. And I realized I cannot switch windows to look at the script. So this has been totally ad lived. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so you guys, go ahead. And uh, Adam, why don't you tell us about what you've been playing?
0: Uh, so I played Watam. It is developed by Funomina. And it was published by Annapurna Interactive, which we have heard before, because those are the guys that did Journey. Those are the guys that also did Donut County. So we've talked about them a little bit before. And the main developer who created it is, I'm going to probably butcher his name, but uh, Kaida Takahashi. And you might not know that name, but you probably know his work. So this is the same guy that created Katamari. So if you have played the game, you can definitely see a lot of that Katamari influence in it. You know, it's got the same style of music. It's got the same sense of humor. It's got kind of that same weird, simplified, blocky... Uh, you know, graphics to it. So it definitely has this guy's spirit in it. Unfortunately, it is only currently available on the PS4 and on Windows. Uh, So if you're on Xbox or Switch, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to play this game. Uh, But most people have a PC and it is not very graphically intensive. It's a pretty simple game. So pretty much even a potato should be able to run this. So as long as you have any kind of PC, you should be able to play this game. It was released last year, or sorry, two years ago in December 17th,
2: 2019.
0: And I had a lot of fun with it. It's, it's really short. I played it for about two hours and 45 minutes and I made it to the end credits. I don't think that's the exact end of the game because there are still a few characters that I haven't unlocked yet. So if I go to my collections, I can see all the characters that I have and there are a few that I don't. And the game pretty much spells out what you're supposed to do. It makes it really really simple there's no way to lose the game there's no game over situation it's just here's your task and once you've achieved it move on to the next task so because of that it's pretty there's a lot of hand holding in it so the fact that i'm missing characters i think there's a little bit of you know uh, end game content that they added in there but the main game itself can be beaten within three hours it's kind of a puzzle game, but the puzzles are pretty easy. So this is the kind of thing where, you know, maybe not really small children could figure it out. But, you know, a 10-year-old should be able to figure out some of these puzzles. They're not particularly difficult to figure out. And, yeah, it's, it's very kid-friendly otherwise. There's no violence. However, the controls are a little bit weird because the way you switch from character to character is you can use the right analog stick and that will move between characters and because of that it's the camera is not attached to the right analog stick so the camera is actually used with the you know the the L2 R2 or you know L1 L2 R1 R2 buttons uh, on the top of the controller and you use those to rotate or zoom in and out and that can be a little bit sometimes a little odd you get used to it but then yeah trying to select the right character especially when they're sitting in a big group can sometimes be a little bit difficult unfortunately at the end of the game They said, oh, you know, if you press the right button on the D pad, you can look at your collections and then you can, you know, select characters, you know, from a list. And they should have told me that at the beginning because if they had told me that at the beginning, it would have made the game much, much easier. Uh, So I don't know why they waited until the end to tell you that. But, uh, but yeah, overall, a lot of fun. It's very short. I would say if this game is on sale, you know, definitely might be something worth picking up. Uh, but I, and I don't think it's that expensive anyway. I think it's probably around 20 bucks or so. So I'd recommend it. I like Katamari though. So,
1: uh, Anton, do you have any okay. questions?
2: No, not really. I'm uh, just wondering if I should put my son on it, you know, he's nine years old. So maybe you would like that actually.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. It's, it's, you know, kind of kid friendly and funny and they have a very childish sense of humor. Oh, the, I uh, like that then. Yeah, yeah. So, like for example, the the one of the first puzzles is that you find out that the mayor, he has a hat. Whenever he takes his hat off, he explodes. And <laughs> so that's the main mechanic of the game is blowing yourself up. And of course, whenever you blow up, if you if there are other characters around you, they all start celebrating and they're like,
1: Yeah, do it again, do it again. So you know you just blow yourself
0: up over and over again. And then my son's gonna love that. Yeah, and then the next puzzle is you get a tree, and when the tree eats somebody, so the tree can eat the other characters. They'll fall out of him as, as fruit, and then there's a mouth. The mouth can uh, eat the characters, and then the characters will come out as poop. And then there's a toilet, and the toilet can eat the characters, and then they come out as golden poop. So, like, just really childish humor. Um, yeah, I <laughs> this is <was> really bizarre.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds a bit, but I'm sure that my kid would love it.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I think small kids, like younger kids, would, would think it's hilarious. <laughs>
2: And it's I'm super cute.
0: Yeah,
2: which uh, which console you say it, it's on? It's like a it's, PC,
1: ga- PC game
0: or it's on P, it's on uh, PS4 and Windows. So if you have a Mac, you can't play it, but if you have Windows, you can.
1: Yeah, Windows. It's yeah. very good. I, I do have a question regarding the the gameplay and stuff. Like I've played like sort of younger person games before, and I found that I mean this is before I don't know maybe now that the, the theme and the gameplay itself just sort of leaves me feeling bored, but you didn't feel bored at any point in the game?
0: No, it's pretty quick-paced. The puzzles don't really repeat. They're always kind of adding something new to it. And because of the way it transitions and everything, it just... It, there, there never felt like a good stopping point, because as soon as you have solved one puzzle, it was immediately on to the next puzzle. And so... and 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 each puzzle seems really really short so you're like oh i can just do one more i can do one more uh so no i didn't get too bored with it i could see somebody get i could see other people getting bored with it but for me it was fine that
1: was very cool
0: yeah it's the kind of thing like if you're the kind of person who gets bored with katamari then you probably get bored with this sort of thing but uh, i always loved katamari so and the music is almost identical, so yeah. If you enjoy Katamari music, you'll enjoy this music too.
1: Very nice, very nice. Um, how much did you pick this up for? I think, or was this one of your PS Plus free games?
0: Uh, no, I picked this one up, but I picked it up a while ago. I don't remember how much it was. It was on a sale. I remember that, so I probably picked it up for probably around ten bucks.
1: Okay, uh, three-hour game is okay.
0: Yeah, it might have been less. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm just curious what is the the price for a thr- oh it's $20 on Steam at the moment so that's 600 dollars and I don't know how much that is Canadian.
0: Yeah, so I think it was uh I think it was a 50% off thing when I got it. Okay.
1: It definitely seems something I'm going to keep my eye on.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but especially on sales and.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think yeah, I don't know what you guys feel? I mean for a three-hour game, I feel twenty dollars is, is a little on the, the high side.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of expensive for three hours.
0: Yeah. But again, there's uh there's more than just the three hours. That's just the main part. I don't know I haven't played beyond that point, so I don't know what all the end game content is. So
1: I, I could ask Antoine do you do are you a completionist like Adam is, or are you uh, just
2: That really depends on the story. If the story really grabs grabs me, you know, like a horizon zero down or um... You know, like tails off. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to platinum platinum the game. Otherwise, I just do the main story. That was nice. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it really depends on the
1: story. Oh, very cool, very cool. Uh, Adam, final thoughts about this um, before we move on to Antoine's game.
0: Uh, yeah, if you don't want to buy it, it's still uh, you can definitely watch plays of it on my play specifically on YouTube. Um. Yeah, and kids will probably enjoy that, too, so you can just pop it on and they'll be like, what's going on? This is so weird. So <laughs> definitely <laughs> check it out because it is it is a weird game. I think it was designed more as a, a, a thought project because after Katamari, the guy who made it basically has more like Nobby Nobby boy. And some of the stuff he's done is more conceptual than it is game. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think it is a little more. It, it, see, it feels like kind of like an experiment more than like a full game. But it's fun. Okay.
1: All right. Uh very cool. Very cool. That is Tom uh twenty dollars on Steam. I'm pretty sure it's the same price on the PS Five, PS Four store. However, that works now. And let's move on to Antoine's game.
2: All right. Uh, so for my game, I really hesitated on what to pick because I already reviewed, you know, like a recent game with Crayon, with a, uh, you know, which was Tales of Berseria, not yes. too long ago. And I'm currently streaming Atelier Lisa, so I'm not going to spoil it. And uh, like Adam, if you haven't watched it, the live is available on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, subscribe, click on the <laughs> everything, that's the advertisement part. <laughs> no, so instead, I, I choose to go for uh, my complete favorite game, which is already 20 years old, but it's okay because we're all middle-aged gamer, right? Yes. So uh, yeah. So it's a Skies of Arcadia Legends. So Skies of Arcadia. That's a, a, an RPG, a Japanese RPG developed by Overworks for the Dreamcast originally, and published by Sega in 2000. And uh, it's a very traditional uh, JRPG system, which is uh, you know turn, turn-based battle. You know, you get uh, XP to level uh, up your uh, your your team. Uh, so it's very much in the same um, vibe as the early Final Fantasy or uh, this kind of game. And uh, the development team uh, has worked on pretty famous games, or at least, uh, yeah, I think they are famous for me, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, Panzer Dragon or Fantasy Star, Sonic, uh, Sakura Wars. They used to be famous in the, you know, back in the days. Yes, yes, <laughs> think you can you can still consider them classic at this time. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it's not just me, you know, it was be, uh, like a best reviewed Dreamcast game and it appeared in several, you know, like best 100 game uh, to play at the time. But I still think it's a really good one. Uh and so as you know that Dreamcast uh, the Dreamcast was a great success. Haha. <laughs> So Sega had to oh. exit, you know, from the hardware industry, and it was ported after on the GameCube as a case of Arcadia Legends in 2002, and that one I'm pl- I uh, played. What uh, played, two? played two? Oh damn it! <laughs> My English is so bad. <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a great game. Unfortunately, it didn't do uh, very well commercially. So that's uh, that's a shame because you know it was uh, the 20 years of the game. Last year, uh, last year, so I was uh, really hoping for uh, an HD remake of the game, but unfortunately, uh, one of the main developers said, Now it's really up to Sega since it didn't do well back in the day, they are afraid to lose money. So, uh, now i maybe think, uh, thinking of doing a sequel, but it's not even in the development stage. So, if that's something, it's you know five, six, seven years in the future. So, I really hope they will list something. But, uh... so, um, just to tell you a bit about the game, the setting. Uh, the the game it uh, takes place in the skies of Arcadia. Thank you, you, you you're following. <laughs> thank you, guys. I, I feel supported. <laughs> so, uh, in this game, uh, you have six civilizations which uh, coexist on uh, floating continents, uh, orbited by six moons of different colors, and uh, it's this kind of game where you know thousands of years ago there was six civilizations very uh, technologically advanced, and they All of them created some um, colossal living weapon of mass destruction, and they went to war, and they destroyed each other. So you play uh, a thousand years later, and uh, you play with uh, a sky pirate named Vise and... um, at this time, there's the big bad guy, the Valuan the Empire, who's uh, trying to revive these uh, lost um, weapon of mass destruction to conquer the world. <laughs> so yes, yeah, the, uh, the, the plot is not on the original si- um, side. But what's excellent is that uh, you're a sky pirate. you 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 red ship. You uh, play. Uh, the, the gameplay is excellent in this one. So I'm just going to move to the gameplay part. So there's a very big emphasis in this one on the world exploration. In the, as I said, you know, the, the world is divided into six regions, so one for each civilization, and you have to use uh, airship to, um, to travel between regions. And uh, here's the kicker is that the world map, and it's very rare, even for these days, your world map start out blank. Completely blank, and it's up to the player, you know, to completely chart the map through exploration. And uh, the map is come is full of discoveries, hidden locations, and uh, there's rewards, you know, to the player uh, each time you discover this stuff. So you really, um, you really have to explore much more than in any games I know. Uh, so one v- uh, excellent feature that I really love—I don't know if you guys play Tricoden at the time—but uh, uh, in this game you have. Um, uh, how do you guys, um, a base like, um, like you have to recruit character that you encounter in your adventure. Uh, it's completely, it's you don't you don't have to, but uh, every character you recruit will add some uh, some characteristic to your ship, uh, to your airship or to your base, or it will add extra benefits. So it's really um, really important for you to really discover every area of the game. And uh, so when you're docked, you know in a landmass or in a warship, you continue your exploration on foot. And then uh, the the gameplay it alternates, alternates between uh, exploring cities and progressing through classic dungeons, I would say. Uh, so classic that you even have a dungeon in the sewers. I guess that's uh, at the time it's really you need to have your dungeon in the sewers just to uh, to be very annoying. And uh, yeah, so that's it. The so battle, you know, system. It involves uh, spirit points, magic points, um, uh, multicolored moon si- uh, moonstone system. So it's very complete, very fun, uh, very fun game to very, very fun battle system. So, uh, well, to sum up, you're an, A- you're an air pirate. You can create your base. You can recruit characters for your base or for your ship. You have I didn't really mention it, but you have epic battleship battles in the air. Uh, you have tons of stuff to discover on the map, so it's just uh, to me that was really the perfect game for me, and I spent far too much uh, time when I was a kid there.
0: <laughs> Questions, Adam? Uh, so this is uh, the combat is turn based or more action?
2: No, no, turn based. Uh, you know, it's remember FF six uh, seven? Yeah. Uh, or um, uh, Heroes Quest, which was it? Well, that's really much the same the same type. You know, like turn-by-turn, 3D.
0: Okay, so it's not like you're moving around the map. It's like two lines? No,
2: no, no. Exactly, yeah. It's exactly the same as Final 47 if you play it at the time. Okay. But you know, it's really great. To me, it was even better. And I mean, I grew up with FF7, 8, and 9. So, uh, (laughs) really.
1: Uh, Antoine, so if for our listeners or viewers, you know, someone who's watching this on uh, VOD or something, uh, what yeah. would be a way for them to play this now?
2: Unfortunately, you have to have a GameCube or a Dreamcast. You can you can get the game. I mean, the game itself is not that expensive. You look uh, on eBay or something like this, but you have a retro console. Okay. I don't recommend an emulator because... That's not legal, so you can't really do it. I mean, not the emulator itself, but the ROM. So, guys, don't do it. But um, if you if you have a GameCube, uh, you you do need to have this game. Like, I really want to have a GameCube right now. <laughs>
1: do you remember how long this game is? Roughly, how many hours, maybe?
2: That really depends on uh, on your exploration. The main game would be uh, forty hours. Okay. Like, if you should really rush the game, you can even do it in less. And if uh, you should recruit, you should go for every hidden location on the map, uh, like as I said, it's in the sky, it's 3D. You can go high, low. It's it's very very wide. So if uh, you should go for every character, every character you can um, uh, recruit, they all have uh, the certain conditions. Like you have mercenaries, you need to have a certain amount of money to recruit them, some of them won't join you unless less, their friend is coming or stuff like this, so a good 70 hours, really. Wow. 60-70.
0: Are all the characters unique or is it kind of like Final Fantasy 7 where they're basically the same, it's just how you equip them that changes them?
2: No, they are unique, but um, you have to differentiate really your your, your main cast, which is fighting, and uh, the sub-characters, all the guys you recruit for your base. You know, it's really like uh, you recruit uh, a guy who's very good at, um, how you call this, uh, you know, on a pirate, a guy who's looking with a, uh, with a spyglass on the top. Well, if you put this guy on top of your ship, then you will have a much wider view uh, when you start a battle. So it's really um, or you can recruit a, a guy who's going to make a, a bathtub bass, a bass on your base, or uh, you can uh, recruit some merchants to have uh, shops in your base, or you know each character sub character. They're not going to fight with you, but they're going to add little stuff to your gameplay. Oh, very oh, nice. That's you, you... Yeah, that's why you really want to have. a. And of course, uh, you you kind of need a guide. of Last moment. Yeah, and honestly, your your battleship is epic. Uh, if you go Google just uh, Delphinium, uh, that's what you fight in. You can change the cannons, you can change uh, your the armor, you can completely customize the ship. Uh, if you want it to be a fast-moving fast moving ship or like a, a big tank who goes very slow, I told you that's a really good
1: game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's from 2000. I don't know that many games uh, like this. Like as I said, there's a Sukaden, but again, that's uh, that's even younger than 2000 that's yeah. that's mid mid-90s so yeah i want more games like this <laughs> really with this uh you know like base creating the base and recruiting character to expand it
1: uh antoine uh, uh, adam's friend ben uh, and a friend of the show he asked are ship battles turn-based also
2: yes exactly but it's um It's really cool. Honestly, I don't know how to describe it. You just watch a YouTube video to see how it goes. You have the ship turning around each other and you have a kind of action point, if I remember. Uh, So yeah, you can decide if you want to evade, to uh, shoot, to take evasive action or... You know, like the the battleship you are are fighting, they all have their own characteristics. Like uh, there's a guy who doesn't have any cannon, because he's a big tank with a giant uh, spikes in front of the ship, and he's going to try to ram you. That's all it's going to try. So you have to have a very fast ship to uh, to evade him at the last second. So you can evade him, flank him, and shoot him. Or, uh, But you, you don't really guide your ship, if it's what he's asking. Uh, you just have action points, and you choose the action you will do, and then it's, uh, the uh, AI is going to do it for you.
1: Cool. Ah,
2: so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, uh, Antoine. Final thoughts about Skies of Arcadia.
2: I told you it's epic.
1: Epic. That <laughs> you, you heard ah. it straight from the French Canadian himself. Uh, don't forget to catch him playing. I don't even know how do you say that game that you're streaming these days. Atelier at.
2: Uh, atelier. Atelier Lisa.
1: Atel- I, God, at. God, I can't say that.
2: At, at- Atelier is. Um... I try to take it from French. It's not exactly what it is, to be honest. But you know, uh, it's kind of uh, like a workshop.
1: Okay, so catch there's... Antoine streaming yeah. that, and um, yeah. with that, uh, yeah. listeners and viewers, French. <laughs> if it's you're French. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcasts or, or you're watching us right now, we we're, were supposed to have a third. Uh, he is currently occupied at the moment, so. We're going to be moving on straight to news. So uh, both of you guys are console people. um, Kind of console people. As of yesterday, Sony announces investment and partnership with Discord to bring the chat app to PlayStation. Written by Devin Coldway on TechCrunch. uh, May 4th, 2021, which is yesterday. uh, Which is today, Taiwanese time. Uh, So it's still American time. So Adam, I'm going to go to you, then go to Antoine, and then we can continue uh what's your take on this adam
0: why i thought, I thought microsoft was gonna buy discord uh, the talks are
1: over uh microsoft bought nuance right the voice to text text to voice app or natural speaking oh. app
0: was that a part of discord or something or... no
1: no no they're a different company
0: okay okay right. so, so
1: i was gonna ask you i mean you being the biggest playstation fan that i know i mean is there something wrong with the playstation app which is why
0: they're bringing on discord uh, I don't know. I mean, there. I know that there have been some, not complaints, but frustrations with the the way party chat works. Because the way party chat works on the PlayStation, because they wanted to integrate the PlayStation 4 with the PlayStation 5. And on the PlayStation 5, it's very intuitive. But on the PlayStation 4, it's not because the PlayStation 4 still does it the old way. So the old way that you would want to do chat in the PlayStation was you would basically create a party. And then you would invite people to your party. And then when you're done, you just close the party and it disappears in the PS five. The way it works is you open a party and then you invite people to that party, but the party remains even when you close it out. So it's kind of like a G chat kind of thing. So if you have like a G chat with a group of friends, so people can at any time can go back into the party and post things. And if you're part of that party, you will always be able to receive messages in that party. So it's kind of like a, like a line group or a, a G chat group or something like that. And on the PS five, it's pretty easy because it'll show you all your groups and you can, you know, opt in to which one you want to join the chat on or whatever. But on the PS four, it's a little bit complicated because it's not so obvious that that's what is happening because that's not how the PS four was originally designed. So for example, when I'm playing with my friends, you know, and, and we start a group, you know, I'll just be like, okay, just join the group. And they're like, ah, how do I navigate to that? So in that sense, I mean, it can be a little frustrating, but yeah, I don't know, really know why they need to integrate discord unless the idea is more for cross play, because obviously if you want to join the PlayStation parties, you have to have another PlayStation. So this may be the kind of thing where they're like, okay, because a lot of games are going cross play. We want people to be able to communicate with other players outside of the PlayStation community. So that might be why.
1: Anton, do you think that's the case? Do you think sony's moving more towards crossplay. Uh,
2: i'm gonna um, i'm gonna take an example with one game uh if phil was here i'm sure you would agree uh did you ever play final fantasy 14.
0: yeah you i know? played all the yeah? time <laughs> i'm the <laughs> one that, i'm play... the one that got phil to play it <laughs> all right
2: did, did, you, did you ever play it with the, um, the discord overlay no no, no, that, no that's absolutely perfect that's completely seamless it's fantastic and uh, for for MMO, at least MMO, but multiplayer player game, Discord is uh, is absolutely fantastic. So, I can think of two reasons. First is to piss off Microsoft. Uh, try to get some. Uh, honestly, no. I mean, like it's so great Discord when you play PC games. I really thought it would go to Xbox. It was really like, for me, it was flowing. It would be correct. It would be logical. So, if PlayStation is getting Discord. To me, that's kind of a blow to Microsoft to say like, "Hey, we are getting <laughs> the, the the star of um, uh, how do you call this? Like uh, chatting uh, chatting in game." So yeah, either either to piece off Microsoft or to get some of the players, uh, PC players, to play on uh, to play on PS. Because uh, I would never play Final Fantasy on uh, on PlayStation 14, but I know that some of my friends do, and it's. They can only do with Discord. I mean, try to play FF on console without you no know, Discord behind. It's uh, it's kind of annoying. So uh, no, I think it's a good move. Honestly, I think it's a good move.
0: Phil and I both play Final Fantasy 14 on console. <laughs> it actually works really well.
2: I heard so. I'm not a console player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not. So. Um,
0: yeah, the, the way they did the UI and, and the way they did the controls there are phenomenal. I wish more games would do that. Because I, 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 I played Final Fantasy XIV on the PS4, and then my friends were like, hey, let's get back into World of Warcraft. And I went to World of Warcraft and going back to a keyboard and mouse, and I'm like, oh, man, I just want to use a controller. <laughs> I was like, is there any kind of mod that can allow me to use a controller with this game? Because the keyboard and mouse just didn't cut it anymore. They just did a phenomenal job with the controls. So, yeah, fair
2: enough, yeah, because there's so many controls. I mean, so many commands you can give. Like, you know, like, how, how do you do that on, on, on this? <laughs> I'm a non-believer. If you say so, I'll believe you. But I'm like,
0: oh, <laughs> yeah, man. no, you have access to, with the controller, the way they designed it, they give you access to, let's see, you have 8, 8, 8, 8, 8, eight. so 8 times 6. So what was that? 60, and no, 48. 48. So you have 48, basically they give you 48 controls. The way they do it is... Uh, They make it so you hit the R2 and it brings up a display for these four buttons and these four buttons. And then if you hit L2, it does the same thing. If you hit R2 and then L2, it brings up another display. L2 and then R2 is another display. And if you double tap, that's another display. And then double tap, is another display. So basically, all you have to do is like boom, 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 and you've gotten your spell out. And you don't have to clutter your entire UI with anything because it'll only bring up what you need.
2: Or you use one key. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well but then you have to move your hand around and everything here it's like you know you only have to have access to those eight (laughs) eight buttons and those eight buttons give you 48 options
2: no i understand really just um i like my console but uh, i only have three games on it (laughs) so -hmm.
0: yeah yeah. it's a phenomenal job but yeah i think with discord yeah i think it's i think it's probably for crossplay but they didn't buy it they're just using it right so i mean microsoft could still in theory then investing
1: in it uh I'm um, just looking at the article in the, you know, in, 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 in the venture capital rounds, they have uh, an H round and their H round, they raised a hundred million and Sony contributed an unknown amount to that H round of a hundred million US dollars. So they've invested in Discord. Nah. Um, right. so, yeah. they,
2: they they must have some, uh, you know, legal countermeasure just in case, you know, that uh, Microsoft want to go and buy Discord. <laughs> they must have thought about it. I'm sure they must have.
1: Adam, do you see them, do you think they could replace the PlayStation chat with the Discord in the future?
0: Yeah, I think they could. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's one of those things too, where definitely if uh, they implement it and then they find that people aren't using the PlayStation chat as much as they're using the Discord app, I could definitely see them saying, you know what? We don't really have a need for this and just phase it out. Very cool.
1: Very cool. Okay, this one is going to go to Antoine. Uh, This is from May 2nd, 2021 by Tom Warren on The Verge. Uh, Microsoft explored reducing its Xbox store cut to shake up console gaming. So, listeners, viewers, if you know, uh, Microsoft recently cut their Microsoft store share from 30% to 12%. Uh, They were thinking about doing that for the Xbox store itself. Anton, what do you think? I mean, do you think Microsoft's going to do that now or they're just... They exploded it, as the article said, but they probably can't do it anyway.
2: I hate Xbox, <laughs> so that that would be my first point. Why why are you playing a Xbox when you have a computer? Um, I don't think they would do it. I don't know. What, what, what's what's your take on it? Like,
1: I mean, my take. I think uh, Adam and I have talked about this on the show before, on podcasts. Microsoft's got the cash i mean if they want to yeah. take a strategy out of epic's playbook and say hey we've cut the price on the epic uh we cut the price on the microsoft store developers come to us hey developers actually you don't need to develop for sony come develop for us instead because we're only taking a 12 percent cut and you guys get to keep 88 percent of the profit screw sony and come here i don't know
2: yeah of course sony doesn't have the cash that microsoft does but uh, not gonna—they're gonna follow up, you know. They, they're not gonna uh, lose their exclusives and stuff. I don't, I don't see, I don't see Microsoft doing this. They're just gonna f- try to fight a war, which uh, is gonna hurt Sony. But that's not gonna sing them. So I don't think there's any point in, of doing this.
0: Adam, what do you think? I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that would convince people. Like, hey, if I if I was planning on going multi-platform, I don't know if changing the cut would convince them. Hey, I shouldn't do this because I mean, if you were going, if you were going, if you were going to do it for thirty anyway, and now you're doing it for twelve, I don't know if you'd be like, oh well, now instead of having two markets, we'll just do it for one market, you know? Because I don't think it would make up that uh, that big of a difference. But also, I think with Xbox, it's harder because the console makers often sell consoles at a loss and that's how they make up their money is in game sales later. So, you know, with the windows thing, I guess it's, it's probably not that big of a deal on PC, but you know, that's how the Xbox becomes profitable. If you cut the profit on the games, then that makes the Xbox itself less profitable. Totally. I mean, that. That, was, that was the whole strategy in the first place. So it, it almost seems counterintuitive to how it would work. I mean, If they're moving more towards like what Phil Spencer said with a dongle or something like that, where the the Xbox is just something you plug into a USB port on your TV, then, you know, then the the hardware is not that big of a deal. It makes sense. But for the Xbox X series, I don't think or S series, I don't think it makes a lot of sense financially. Okay, unless the market share, you
2: know, the market share between like PlayStation and the Xbox. uh there's far more playstation than xbox right
0: playstation the playstation 5 has outsold every previous playstation despite being having not not, not meeting demand it actually outsold the ps4 uh in the same amount of time but uh i think I, i saw something somewhere and yeah it was uh there are more switches than anything else but the I think there were like twice as many p s fives as there were x series
2: so why why would you go to Xbox and cut yourself from all of these big markets as you would just i think you would lose money, or oh, it's not that profitable
0: yeah well, I, I, that's, that's my of view think I'm not sure how different developing for Xbox is for Windows, so if you've already got it developed for Windows, I don't know how much you have to change Uh, to make it xbox compatible all right data as of 2020
1: playstation 5 has captured 65.05 percent of the global market share uh, compared to xbox series x's 34.94 percent
0: so clearly huh we're switching that
1: uh this Mm -hmm. there is no data well i shouldn't say in this article there is no data on the switch it's different
2: market. you can compare
0: it no is mind. really a different market, though,
2: yeah. <laughs> this is, it's a free, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, so PlayStation has double what Xbox does effectively. So for your
1: your both of yours, relevant countries, uh, in America, Xbox, as of 2020, uh, inches out Sony by less than half a percent. Xbox is 50.18% in the States, and 40, PlayStation is 49.8%. In Canada, yep. PlayStation is 53.51% and 46.49%.
0: Yeah, but I know in Asia, the uh-huh. PlayStation just completely outpaces the Xbox. Uh-huh. And I think in Europe as yeah, well.
2: Yeah, yeah, Xbox is not very popular in, uh, in Europe Fine, mm-hmm. compared to PlayStation.
1: Okay, uh, very good gents. On to the last story of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last story is from MarketWatch. Uh, gamers spent billions more on video games during the pandemic, but what happens now? Uh, published by Wallace Wachowski, uh, May 3rd, 2021. Uh, video game publishers about to reveal the pandemic profits and predict if another bump lies ahead. So according to the article, uh, most video game companies, they list uh, Activision, Activision Blizzard, and Electronic Arts, and Take-Two, and Zynga, and Roblox. And they're all predicting slower growth this year.
0: Any reason why? Because, okay, I mean, go first. <laughs> we're, we're not out of the pandemic yet. In fact, uh, we're, we're almost getting ready for a pandemic to, you know, electric boogaloo, right? No. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, with the Indian strain now and India's getting crazy and. Uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, so
2: I, I understand why last year you had a massive bump from people and people who never played and all of a sudden a lot of people play. Of course, uh, there won't be as much of a bump in 2021 because. Already have most of the world playing because we are bored. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I still believe that you know the players are gonna continue to increase. No, you won't see a massive you know like uh, rise in the chart, but still gonna increase. And as you said, you know I don't know for you, but uh, I'm not vaccinated until at least September, and uh, we are not out of here yet. So maybe in 2022. Is going to re- decrease because everybody's going to try to go in holidays or something. <laughs> but uh, until, until then, no, no way. It's not going to go down.
0: Yeah. When you say bump, do you mean like from originally from like tw- 2019? Or when you say bump, yeah. do you mean like from this year? Are you saying like it's going to continue to rise or you're saying it's going to stay where it is? Because I don't think it'll, yeah. like, Anton, I don't think it's going to grow. Like, we're going to see like, oh, a 60% growth because I think exactly. most of the no, people no. already jumped on the bandwagon.
2: Exactly. Um, Yeah, that's what I was uh, trying to say, you know, uh, like 2019, 2020, there must have been like 60% rise, no problem. Yeah, 2020 to 2021 it's going to rise steadily, but we're already on on the top of the wave. So um, it's not not something you can see like off the charts now, but it's not going to decrease either. As long as we are stuck in the home. uh,
0: Yeah, exactly. I think once people start going back to work and they don't have the time, You know, we'll see a decrease, but uh, until then.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, until then, that's for sure. So, a precise number is from December 2019 to December 2020, all overall video game companies combined and the industry combined grew by 25%, which is the largest growth in record history. I will tell you
2: one thing Uh, March 2020 to September 2020, uh, Nintendo Switch was completely sold out. Absolutely impossible to get one. And I'll tell you why, because they closed the school. And <laughs> when, when like me, you have two kids and I'm lucky they are not teenagers, it's hell. That's horrible to have two kids with you, no school, no homework, nothing, 24 seven, for six months in a row. Yeah, you wanna buy your Switch and say, you know what, here's Animal Crossing, spend all your time on it, leave me alone. <laughs> Daddy got to work. I have a meeting. Shoot. Yeah, especially because <laughs> well, you
0: still have to work. Yeah.
2: Yeah, of course. No, that's uh, you need to get them to do something. That's uh, absolutely. All
1: right. Uh, then I mean, following up on this article, I mean, how do you think game companies can keep people into their games and keep growing moving into twenty twenty
0: two, twenty twenty three? So post pandemic.
1: Uh, if there is a post. Oh, I mean, how do I think? Like they're predicting <laughs> there be. slower growth this year. How do you think game companies can keep, you know, growing at this fantastic rate or maybe even better? I mean, what do you guys
0: think? I, I think we're I mean, going to start seeing a change in how gaming, the way they do models. Like, for example, I saw an article recently that said uh, Doom Eternal. was it? Doom e- That's the most recent Doom, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Doom Eternal, when Bethesda was developing it, Bethesda said no microtransactions. None. You know, we're not going to do that. And then Bethesda was bought out by Microsoft and it went to Game Pass. So now the game is effectively released for free. Well, now Doom Eternal is getting skins that you can buy in game, which is what Bethesda said they weren't going to do, which I don't think it's a Bethesda decision. I think it's a Microsoft decision. But, you know, like, I think you're going to see more people like uh, like the Genshin Impact kind of thing where they're like, we're going to release a game for free, but then we're going to add all this extra content that you're going to have to pay for. So I think we might see more kind of these sneaky kind of things moving in or like, uh, say, Apex Legends, right? Right, Like because you have to pay for PUBG, right? But Apex Legends is free and Apex Legends is super popular. So I think you're going to see more games that are we're going to release a base game for free and then, you know, get these people in on microtransactions, especially with things like, say, Game Pass. Where you know you're not getting the money from the sales, so we're gonna have to find some other way to monetize it.
2: It worked for mobile, so why not? But uh, I don't it know. Maybe work it for works. Yeah, maybe it works. You know, it resonates with young people. For me, you know, like when I order a burger, I like to have, I like to have my burger. I don't want to have the guy saying, "Here's the bread, and come back, and you can have the the meat for two two dollars uh, tomorrow."
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I see I a lot of restaurants do that here, where they'll be like, "If you want a burger, do you want to add bacon? Do you want to add cheese?" And they'll like, <laughs> and they'll say, "Like for the basic thing, you get." And that's a popular here in Taiwan, where you get like uh, something. Uh, and if you like cheese, is an extra, you know, twenty twenty dollars, and uh, bacon is an extra twenty dollars, and, and that sort of thing. I, I but you really, get like a basic burger, yeah. <laughs>
2: that, that's why. That's why I buy my my games on Steam game, you know, like two or three years after release, because you know when I buy Final uh, Fantasy Fifteen. Uh, day one and uh, the game was unfinished basically it was unfinished and then you have to buy to get the episode of the backstory for each of the characters like, no absolutely not i'm not buying your your stuff anymore you are doing like ea now no way i'm, not, I'm not, i i was not buying ea games because of this and that you know if you are, mo- if you are moving on dlc on final fantasy that's it that's all <laughs> I know that the Japanese really love to have uh skin, you know, like skin DLC because they like yeah. to play doll, doll with their wife and stuff. Okay, fair enough. If you have a kink, I don't care. But that's that's not you know like that's not story rich, that's design, that's just skin, you know. It's not it's not because you're buying this that the the story was complete to begin with. If you have to buy your story by episodes. That's that's a no for me, <laughs> absolutely not. So maybe it works with young, with uh, you know, the younger generation who's used to mobile phone, uh, mobile games. You know, who does that already. You know, they get a game for free and uh, microtransaction and stuff and stuff. I know that uh, as a father, uh, I have parental control on it, <laughs> so they'll wait. They'll wait to be 18 to spend their own money on it. <laughs> until, <laughs> until then, <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I think that's the point, though. I mean. Let's face it, we're the past. The kids are the future, right? <laughs> so they're they're looking forward and they're like, if this is if this is what the kids are used to and, you know, if we can get them in on this and, and they think it's a good plan, that's that's what's going to be in, you know, that's the direction the industry will move in 20 years when we're 60.
2: <laughs> that's that's the point of the show. Listen to the boomers
0: <laughs>
2: games before they were full on release. <laughs> If Cyberpunk was, you know, like 20 years old, I'm telling you when it was released, really, it would be already working. It would <laughs> well, to be fair, worked, though, it.
0: I mean, like if you look at Mario or something like Sonic the Hedgehog, you could do that with a team of one. You know, one person could develop a game like Sonic the Hedgehog and they could finish it in a year, less than a year. I mean, if you look at games now, they're just way more complex. You know, it's of just course, but, way uh, more can go we, wrong.
2: You think they could have done that with the hardware at the time?
0: What the current, was, uh, what we're doing you
2: know, now. Like a, no, I mean, like a Sonic game, but you know, like 20 years in the past, it must have taken some time and a team to do that, right?
0: Well, like the original PlayStation games. I mean, what was it? Final Fantasy VII was released in 1997, and Final Fantasy VIII was released in 1998, a year later. Now, look at how long we have between Final Fantasies. Good point. True. And Final Fantasy Tactics was released between those two, so I mean they were developing three Final Fantasies simultaneously. <laughs> yes,
2: that's true. And those but parties were
0: much much smaller than the current ones that they're using for, say, Final Fantasy 16. So,
2: yeah, maybe. But at the time, if I recall, they had different teams working. They were splitting their teams per department. You know, like they had a team of twenty or thirty people doing one game, another, you know, thirty people doing another game. It's you know like different company developing each game, right?
0: Right. But I mean, they're, they're again, like you said, a team of, say, 20 people. But then now they have a team of 500 people. And, you know, it takes them yet, five years of development we, as opposed to two. So,
2: And yet they still can't release Star Citizen. <laughs> I mean... No.
0: So, well, Star Citizen will never be released. I mean, that game is exactly. way too ambitious. <laughs> because no, no, no computer can run it. <laughs> you need a supercomputer.
2: Exactly. You need a new genera- generation of RTX which is not released but, yet.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see. And then plus, um, I saw on Eurogamer, they were talking about uh, Metaverse. Have you heard about that?
2: Metaverse. Metaverse economies.
0: So they were talking about Metaverse economies, and they're talking about games like uh, they were saying, oh, did PlayStation miss out on this? Because uh, games like Roblox and I think Minecraft too, probably Core will have it, but a game like Dreams didn't. Oh, but what you can oh. do is people can create their own content in the game and then sell right. it for ah, yes. either in-game currency oh, 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 oh. or possibly even real game or, or, or uh, possibly even real world currency. So yeah. people can create in-game assets kind of like in uh, was it uh, ready player one where the girl was building like the robot for somebody or she builds these custom things for people in the game mm-hmm. and then can sell it for real world money. Uh, so they were talking about something like that. So I mean, that might even be another way that. You know the so we release this what do you call it like platform game a platform for free and then people create content and then we take a a cut of that.
2: And I agree with that. That works. I tried Core. It's wicked. It's really good.
0: Oh wow, Adam's uh, thinking about streaming it. Yeah, I was thinking about looking into it. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, If you want to stream it, it's even better. Multi uh, with uh, you know more multiplayer. Can play with (laughs) Cren.
1: All right, guys. Mini, so
2: Mini really
1: we are approaching the end, uh, and I have an idea. I don't know if you two would be into it. Maybe uh, exclusive Final Fantasy podcast next week, Tuesday. You and Antoine for
0: Final Fantasy fourteen.
1: Oh, I mean, whatever Final Fantasies you guys want to talk about. I am mean, just make it a Final Fantasy podcast episode. Sure,
2: of course, yeah, sure.
1: Okay.
0: Um.
2: He's
1: it... nine. <laughs> um okay, so we'll leave it as preliminary. So if you're a Final F- Fantasy Blah, blah. Oh. If you're a Final <laughs> Fantasy fan, uh, please give an ad for Antoine and Adam's exclusive only Final Fantasy episode uh, next week, Tuesday, at our usual time. And uh, Antoine, streaming this week, are you streaming your usual okay, times? Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I streamed today, earlier. Uh, certainly I will stream once, maybe twice, not sure, this week. It's pretty busy week, so uh, at okay. least once for sure, yeah.
1: And you're gonna be playing Etza, Lear, and Adam, you're going to be streaming Apex.
0: Wednesday will be Apex, yeah. And then my well, my Wednesday. Yes. That'll be uh Tuesday in the stateside. Yeah, and then Friday, I'm thinking yeah, I'll probably move on to another game since Watam is basically done. So Alright, very cool. So tune
1: into Adam's stream Friday morning town time, Eastern Standard Time, Canada and the US. It'll be a surprise. Yes. And thanks, Antoine, to joining us. And uh, look forward to seeing him next week and him and Adam fight about Final Fantasy stuff or maybe agree on a lot of Final Fantasy stuff. Who knows? Thanks for listening. And and again, uh, sorry for the delay and the apologies. Uh, we will do much better next week. I'm very sure about that. And tune in. We'd like to welcome Antoine to the Middle Age Gaming family. Thanks for him to help us and uh, join and make lots of cool content and French content. Like he recently did. Your last stream was French only, right? Yes. Yes. So, so that's yes, cool. Because,
2: uh, as you can hear on the podcast, on the podcast, I fumble a lot in English, <laughs> so it's much easier for me to do it in French.
1: <laughs> so no, no, it's it, honestly it, it sounds great. But I mean, if you're learning French, A lots of Taiwanese people I know have studied French here. Uh, definitely go watch Antoine's stream. He has a very official French accent.
2: <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> Agreed.
1: <laughs> um, keep an eye out for that. And then um, I'll be streaming Hearthstone as usual this week. I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to other stuff. And uh, thanks for watching. Uh, and we will see you guys during the streams and see you Oh, you will see those two next week tuesday and i will have a break and make some Hotstone video content to upload to youtube and then uh see you guys later i gotta apologize to ben quickly because he said i mean i love xbox but they need the developers and they need some fresh ip so they can so they can afford it it's a good idea that's what he said so i should have read that out earlier i'm sorry ben uh, i will make sure to do that out next time all right uh see you guys uh, next week tuesday uh yeah later bye yeah.